0: Welcome to another episode of SME Funding. My name is Lynette Nduli, the Chief Executive Officer of Innate Investment Solutions. And as usual, I'm joined by my partner in kind, Kumara Padiachi of Spartan, who today gets to sit next to me because we've got two guests in studio with us today. A couple that makes it work both at home but also at business. Fortunate as well as Sipom Danda of Smith Capital Equipment. Now, welcome to SME Funding. It's such a pleasure to have both of you here. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you, thank you for having us. Lovely. So, Smith Capital is not the first business you've invested in or operated. Tell us a bit about the journey that brings you into this business and what sector you are playing in.
1: Okay, thank you so much, guys. Uh, thank you for having us this morning on the show. We have a company called Super Capital Holdings, uh, which is uh, a holding company that uh, seeks to uh, invest and acquire businesses. Our first investment was uh, Kolega Engineering, which we did last year, mm. uh, April. I mean, March last March. year, uh, which is a business that specialises in the manufacture of truck bodies and trailers. As we were operating the business, we then realised, and we had partnered uh, with Smith Capital in the execution of a Teguini uh, City contract. Okay. Then we saw this amazing work that this business is doing. We we're mounting aerial platforms on some truck bodies. We then were excited about the prospects of probably looking at a uh, potential of acquiring this business. One, because it had synergies to the business that we have at the time being Collega Engineering. We then approached this, uh, the owners of Smith Capital and uh, you know, the rest is history. Uh, November 2, we took over Smith Capital Equipment.
0: So indeed, the rest is history and you're both here. So effectively, Isipo Capital is the holding company which then holds your interests in these businesses, Collega Engineering, Smith Capital Equipment, and now Mr. Coach as well. Now, it appears to us here on the couch that you are building um, an investment company, but an investment company in an operating sector that's very technically driven, and you're buying into your value chain. What has been the journey of raising funding in building this investment business that also supports these operational businesses been like so far?
2: Honestly, it hasn't been as daunting as I would have thought it would be, but also I have an expert next to me. Sifo has vast experience in the banking sector, so he really assisted us in terms of uh, getting funding. But the key thing was the first acquisition that we did was through our own savings. So that gave us a chance to actually take the risk and be able to say how far can we stretch and push ourselves and then also create credibility when we applied for funding. How much was that? It was three million rands.
3: And so the savings came from where? Um, I
1: was in, in banking in my previous life. Uh, I was in leverage finance with f and
3: okay.
1: I'd spent uh, 12 years in first and bank and seven of those in, in leverage finance. So when I resigned, I took part of my savings, I liquidated some of the assets that I had, uh, with a view of looking for better investments that would yield better results.
3: Was Uh, that a a choice to use your own funding, or was it more consequence of not being able to get funding from anywhere else initially?
1: You know, it was more of a choice uh, than a consequence. Why? Now, you know, as as I have mentioned, that I was in corporate corporate finance uh, previously, one of the major stumbling blocks in, in, uh, in sourcing funding is showing the potential funders that you've got skin in the game. Mm. So that was for us a, a, a critical part of the deal so that we one could show later on to the funders what we can do and our skin in the game, but most importantly to show it to ourselves that uh, we can realize and do things the way we want, them, we want to do them without having the pressure of the external funder.
3: Right. So in your, if I look at this this uh, business that you have, right, like Lynette said, there's a holding company, and there's three underlying businesses with it, but they're all within the kind of manufacturing, equipment, capital yep. space. And the two types of broad funding that you need, and you've been uh, going on your journey, one is acquisition finance for Precisely. acquiring this businesses, Precisely. and you want to do more of that, I understand. Precisely. And then because they are capital intensive and manufacturing in nature, you need capital equipment funding as you grow. Mm-hmm. So after you, you put your skin in the game for the first one, you then went on for a bigger fish, right? It Tell was, a bigger, about, it was yeah. a bigger fish. Tell but, us about um, acquisition ab- funding. Tell us about that.
1: Okay. Uh, probably, you know, if we had to, to take a step back. Uh, we bought a uh, Colega and um, turned it around. That was an that was important uh, case study for us. We bought a business that was uh, in a niche space, that wasn't performing that well. We paid a bit of a premium, if I were to say. But we, we knew uh, what we wanted to do with the business. And indeed, mm-hmm. we, we turned it around. And it came to a point where it was then, it made it possible for us to then start looking for um, growth opportunities, you know, opportunities elsewhere. And, and particularly, it, it leveraged that mm-hmm. business to then buy uh, or obtain funding to buy Smith Capital Equipment.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So within the context of the businesses, um, you know, I was watching the both of you and your dynamic outside as we were preparing for the show earlier on. And fortunately, you started by saying your husband is the expert on the finance side, but you appear to be quite the operator. So I assume in terms of how you split your responsibilities within the business, I know you're the CEO, so you're probably responsible for the day-to-day running of that business, and you better understand your ongoing needs. Are there ongoing needs from a funding perspective in terms of now growing and expanding to support your existing operations?
2: Most definitely there are. Where do I even begin? I hope somebody's listening. (laughs) You know what? uh, What we've realized is when you come in, at first it's the cleanup, which we've done. You look at the processes, you put effective controls in place, and you start creating a new culture of. diversity, inclusiveness, and ensuring that people understand. I can't even say people at Smith Capital, everybody's a shareholder. Mm. All the shareholders understand the upside that comes with being a shareholder and also the responsibility that comes with that. And also being entrepreneurial in terms of seeking opportunities everywhere. Now they need to function differently. It's not an instance of coming to work and going in the afternoon. It changes the space. It's very exciting. But as then when you get to a point of saying, That's done. Everything now is functioning perfectly or ideally. Mm -hmm. Now you start embarking on looking at opportunities. How can we grow? We've identified a couple of opportunities people will take us through. But what we've realized is it seems like the goalpost shifts further in terms of as you grow, you require more funding. As you grow, you require to ensure the strategies you need to put in place are Mm. actually well, well prepared and well supported
0: all right so when we come back to the break fortunate has already started a conversation about your working capital needs and certain of the opportunities that smith capital equipment is beginning to look into we'll be right back welcome back to this episode of sme funding on the couch today with us are Fortunate and Sipo Danda, who are their directors of um, Isipo Capital, which now owns Smith Capital Equipments, Collega Engineering, as well as Mr. Coach. Now, before the break, I know Kumaran wanted to direct a question to you, Isipo to say, Let's celebrate some of your successes now in acquiring all of these business. Um, I know that the celebrated acquisition was certainly around Smith Capital and raising the funding that was required to do that deal. Can you tell us a bit about the nuts and the bolts of what brought about that opportunity for the business?
1: Okay. As, as I was mentioning earlier, that um, we had had, we'd seen the, you know, how great this and amazing the Smith Capital equipment was. Mm. We then approached the sellers um, and... We, you know when we've had our first meeting, the sellers uh, said, "Look, you know, what, what is it that you want from us?" I said, "Look, we want to buy a business." Uh, the first laughed, and um, we, we put our case forward, you know, uh, 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 very early on to say, "How do we value businesses?" Because I think in most instances that's where the, the deals sort of fall, fall through, because the expectations are not met or are not discussed upfront. So we indicated to the sellers that predominantly when we look at acquisitions, we go four times a bit as the valuation model. So the expectations uh, clear up front. They then agreed to sign an NDA. They presented us with the, their financials and management accounts and, and, and additional information that were required. We ran through the numbers, we put it through some financial models, after which we sat down to discuss whether it's a deal that we'd love to do. Uh, as we always do, you know, each deal that we look at, we, um, we unpack uh, thoroughly. We, you know, try to look at blind spots and uh, check what the industry norms are. We then take the deal uh, to the NEF. Um, Was that the only funder you we took it to? to. We, we took it only to the NEF. Okay. Yeah, That's very because, confident. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> confident because of a number homework. of reasons. You know, we, we know what their funding mandate is. And uh, we know that, uh, we knew that the deal fell into, you know, the the funding mandate of the NEF.
3: Now, of the, whatever the purchase price was that you needed, uh, did, uh, was it entirely funded by the external funder, NEF? No, 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 okay.
1: no, we had to put a skin in the game as well. We we put our is own the contribution. There's the provisional skin in the game. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. We had to put an additional skin in the game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so,
0: so... In in the context then of the business and understanding exactly what a specific funder wanted, have your business acquisitions largely been driven by funding then in the DFI space as well as your own savings? Or as you grow and you begin to increase your working capital requirements, your expansion capital requirements, will you begin to look at other funders? And what is it that attracts you to other type of funding going forward?
1: We we, we we pretty much like looking at uh, the DFI space <coughs> because of um, the proximity uh, mm. and and the understanding of the type deals that we do, and 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 most importantly as well the softer uh, covenants as mm. opposed to mm. your mm. mainstream your mainstream banking. But mm. having said that, when it comes to things like your working capital finance, which fortunate can can you know would be able to a uh, discuss later it is important to, to deal with commercial banks because they've got the funding mechanisms, they've got the instruments, they've got the, the turnaround time is much more quicker. Whereas with the DFI space, your, your turnaround times tend to be longer. And um, it, you, from a decision-making perspective, you, you, you're
3: a bit stressed mm. in that space. I noticed when you said softer covenants, you smiled. Do you disagree? <laughs>
2: I totally agree, so agree. It, it's always a critical element of how we get to the decision of where do we go in terms of funding when a specific need is there, so I, I know exactly. So you have
3: your own criteria that yep. you're willing, so what are some of your do's and don'ts when, uh, around the covenants with funders? Mm. One of the
1: one of the covenants that uh, traditional banks look at is your debt service cover ratio. Yes, you know they typically look at what 1.5 times yes. to two times debt service cover ratio. Yes, DFIs are much more relaxed. They typically look at anything above one times debt service cover ratio, which, um, from 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 our side as the as the as the uh, um, recipient of the loan, it makes it much more easier. Um, High leverage. Yeah, yeah. It's high leverage, but at the same time, you still want to have a deal that is 1.5 times, but having a covenant at one times. Yes. So that, you know, covenants are very tough, guys, because you, you... they they are measured on a monthly basis and you you, and you, you can uh, yeah 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 it's over yeah
0: yeah well to our viewers at home you've heard us talk about this acronym dfi which are the development funding institutions which are typically institutions in South Africa like your national empowerment fund your industrial development corporation and other state formed um, organs for funding of smes now if you also have listened to our glossary episodes, where Kumaran and I unpack the language of finance, covenant is a term that's coming right back to us here. And certainly, you know, talking about debt ratios, you've spoken about that you have a criteria within your business that you follow. Now, from deal to deal, does that criteria change? Or is it a holding company criteria that will continue to influence the rest of your acquisitions? Because I have no doubt that Isipo Capital will make further acquisitions going into the future.
1: Yeah, it's a a deal. I mean, it's a deal-by-deal basis, Mm -hmm. but um, founded on the parameters that are set at Isipo Capital level. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. One of those is we want to be involved in manufacturing sector, um, where Mm -hmm. there is typically value creation. Mm -hmm. One of those is... We want to invest in companies that are niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those is investing in companies that uh, have got a strong uh, IP. Um, and, and, and then the numbers. Mm. Um, the numbers must sink.
0: Okay. So fortunate in the businesses that you now run, um, we, we've now come to understand that you manufacture um, a number of different components within the value chain of that technical and engineered value chain. Do you also maintain um, the, what the products that you do manufacture and what other value-added services do you provide to your clients? We, we, we have actually identified that oftentimes
2: manufacturers just want to push a product mm. and it ends there. Mm. But there's no value in that. And also, we have said, just put the customer, just be in the customer's shoes. Then you'd know exactly when you take your own car, which you've bought in a service dealer for servicing, how do you feel when you don't get the best of services? So we've actually put an emphasis in the after-sale sev- uh, a service that to provide to our customers. Mm. So business. it's
0: also then a business from a funding um, and from a working capital business that not only um, manufactures, but is also a business that has created channels for itself now. Um, to generate annuity income in different Precisely, precisely. Ah. Precisely. Right. precisely. So after the break, um, to our viewers at home, we're going to talk a little bit further about the future of this business and the holdings company and what further funding um, recommendations, insights and tips that the Dundas have learned from their journey in raising capital as well as financing for their acquisitions. We'll be right back. Welcome back to SME Funding. So before the break, we've spoken quite substantially about what Issepo Capital, Smith Capital Engineering have built to date. Now, the business has raised in the region of about 41 million rand, if I'm not mistaken. Now, the future. What are your future acquisition needs?
1: We pretty much want to grow uh, organically and, and through acquisitions. Organically, you know, there are new um, Products and solutions that we have identified within within Smith Capital. Uh, we want to uh, launch a rental division uh, in order to assist emerging contractors that have been awarded contracts, but to as a barrier to entry or mm. to their entry are not in a position to acquire the equipment, so they can rent the equipment from us. Also, we are um, opening a, a, a lifeline division. Not only are we are manufacturing lifeline equipment.
3: What's lifeline?
1: Lifeline. Lifeline. Mm. Um, uh, we are now going to be able to do ourselves your maintenance of substations, uh, your maintenance of your 132 KVAs. Mm. Importantly as well, we want to grow through, through acquisitions. We have identified some, some target companies. We are already talking to um, the prospective uh, targets. Yeah. And uh, in that space, we would love to
3: have some acquisition finance uh, as well to assist us. Yeah. So, going forward, your needs are in three areas, yep. right? So, acquisition financing you need, Precisely. you need working capital financing, and capital equipment financing. Precisely. Tell us specifically where you intend to get that. What's your plans around around those sourcing those three things? Okay, part
1: of it is to go back to the DFIs, um, mostly on the acquisition finance side, uh, to be able to to get the the funding for for acquiring the the target companies. Uh, on the uh, expansion finance, we, our, our balance sheet is pretty much Strong. solid. Mm. Uh, we're looking at uh, commercial banks to be able to assist us in that because it's a relatively risk-free type uh, investments that we're looking at. And also on the working capital side, it's, it's the commercial banks that we, we're talking to. Okay. So those are the three uh, main funding uh, uh, you don't uh,
3: envisage any challenges there in that regard.
1: No, there would be challenges. What, there will be what challenges? Others, uh, I to mean, be? Uh, on acquisition finance, uh, part of it, you know, if we're talking NEF, their funding mandate goes up to seventy-five uh, M per entity. So we might reach that limit very soon uh, mm-hmm. because the the target companies that we are looking at are, are substantial uh, transactions. So, But we believe that we still can take the deal to, through to them and they will then co-fund with other GFIs or with commercial banks. Um, but also we're looking for deals which can wash their own faces so mm. that uh, we don't necessarily need um, huge uh,
3: funding from commercial banks. There's from a far and few banks. between, eh? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So
0: wash their own faces. Kumaran, I need you to unpack that term for our viewers at home.
3: It's where the cash flows... This free cash flows from the business Precisely. can easily service the debt. Precisely. That's, that's what that means. So that means they have to write a minimal, if at all, any equity check. Yep. Yeah. Right. So in other words, the company's cash flows plays for the funding itself without anything else.
0: There we go. So, Kamaran, as we wind down this episode, your tip of the week. Uh,
3: you know, reflecting on this episode and what you discussed, what stood out for me quite clearly was your discipline and your perspective in designing your own boundaries with the funders up front, Precisely. right? So you, you sat back and said, this is the game we're going into, and because of that, this is the kind of, these are your requirements, forget about the funders' <laughs> requirements. And, and so I liked that, and I think that's a lesson for our audience, is in your rush, so this is the tip, in your rush to getting uh, funding, don't lose sight that you've got to set your own criteria and mm-hmm. have the discipline Mm -hmm. to focus on and hold firm on that own criteria
0: indeed i think that's perhaps my greatest lesson from here too is plan 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 and then follow through to execution well, to our viewers at home, I certainly hope that if you've got comments, if you've got any questions and you'd like to interact with us a little bit further based on what you heard on today's episode and others, of course, you can follow this conversation on social media at funding underscore SME, but you can also email us on funding at bdtv.co.za. If you want to catch this episode and prior episodes going into the future and perhaps catch more of the lessons that came from them, please follow SME Funding on YouTube as well as on the Business Day TV website. And if you think you may be ready to be on the couch and perhaps have a great story to, for us to share with our viewers at home, or perhaps would love us to answer some of the questions you have around your challenges with funding, please email us your case study. And who knows, just like the Dundas, you might be on the couch with us. Continue to challenge us on your funding requirements, and we'd love to thank our guests today on the show for sharing their story, for sharing their plans, but most importantly, for sharing their vision in terms of what they are building today. Thank you very much to you, fortunate, as well as to pleasure. Join us again for another episode of SME Funding, and we look forward to having you back with us very soon. Thank you.